and welcome to Worst Bestsellers, where we read about how today is where your book begins, because the rest is still unwritten, so you don't have to. I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And for this episode, we read L.A. Candy by Lauren Conrad. Joining us to discuss this thinly veiled reality television novel is Helena Greer, author of Season of Love and the upcoming For Never and Always in Fall 2023. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thanks for joining us, Helena. Yay. I'm so excited. We're so excited to have you. We've been hyping your book a lot. I I specifically have been hyping your book a lot for the past several years, and I am very glad that it exists for other people to purchase and read and talk about how great it is and how much they want to crawl into it and live there. Yes, I only read it more recently by the time it hit NetGalley, but I also uh, enjoyed it very much. And if you're listening to this episode, it comes out tomorrow so you you can almost certainly go and read it right away lucky you if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out if you listen to it any other day than the day it comes out then you can get it today whoa time travel yeah you could also get it tomorrow or the day after you You know that's (laughs) that's still possible you should buy my Um, book whatever Unless tomorrow's a major holiday and bookstores are closed. But even then, you can probably get it, you know, through like Libro FM or whatever on your phone without going to a store. But oh, yeah. you, and, unless the internet be... is closed. <laughs> this is... Unless the internet is closed. Boy. Boy. And I have to tell you that the audiobook has two narrators, which is very fancy and exciting. Ooh, that is exciting. Listen. We're so excited that this episode has gone off rails so soon. Yes. It is it is night. I will say this. For some reason when we record episodes at night, we're insane. It's because we're tie tie. We already did a whole day of stuff. <laughs> this is why I'm always lobbying for a morning recording whenever possible. And people are like, I don't yes. know, I don't want to get up. And I'm like, no, you're gonna you're missing my sanest hours, but okay. Yeah. I like to do morning <laughs> recordings so we can get it over and out of the way. Duarte agrees. Yes. yes. Well Dar- um, Duarte's usually still sleeping then in the mornings. He's gotta get his is- sixteen hours in. <laughs> which is also helpful for your recording setup, I know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we've talked a lot now about not anything that this podcast is normally about. Uh, But on the other hand, isn't our podcast always about personal chaos and Duarte? I was going to say books and chaos and Duarte is actually (laughs) the literal brand of this podcast. Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) But so L.A. Candy is a novel. By the way, Lauren Conrad has written eight books. That's, I think we just need to sit with that. <laughs> yes, Jordan, it's so <laughs> How it's many be a good one. do we think Lauren Conrad wrote by herself? Oh, by herself? I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> Eight books with her name on it. And some of you, such as Kate, might be wondering, who is this woman? So I, before we we specify, I think that Helena is going to give us some background on Lauren Conrad. This book came out when I was selling books. Like, I remember unpacking the display for this book, setting it up, being like, what is this? And reading like the side flap and being like, oh, okay, 
this because at first I was like, oh, like this girl's a reality television star. This must be a memoir. And then it's like, no, it's not. It's a novel. And I just I never the first one like we got a million of and I guess it sold okay, but I don't remember ever unpacking any of the sequels (laughs) of which there are many well, there's two, well, three, I guess there's a, is a trilogy and then a follow-up novel. And then she wrote some like nonfiction Lauren Conrad style book. No, there's a follow-up trilogy. Oh, no. About okay. Madison. Oh, I kind of want to read that. Yeah. I was not paying attention to reality television. I mean, now either, but back then. <laughs> and read this whole book and I meant to like look up on Wikipedia who is Lauren Conrad and I never did. But luckily, Helena is here to fill in the gaps and <laughs> explain who Lauren Conrad is. Okay. So in the distant past of the early aughts, there was a show on MTV called Laguna Beach which um, I'm doing all of this from memory, FYI. Well, by the way, so I, I had done some wiki diving because I also haven't watched this show, but it was Laguna Beach colon the real Orange County, which I feel like was supposed to be sort of yeah. an answer to the fictional The OC. Orange County, yes. So uh, The OC, not Orange County, the film with Colin Hanks. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Laguna Beach followed around a group of extremely wealthy teenage high school students in Orange County and Lauren Conrad was actually not the main character of Laguna Beach. She was the villain. Kristen Cavalieri, who has also gone on to have several careers in sort of media and I think may have married a hockey player. I think a football player. Okay. Was the sort of good girl and she had this relationship and Lauren Conrad who went by LC because there was another Lauren on this show was best friends with Kristen Cavalieri's boyfriend and sort of flirted with him constantly. And they had like a maybe too emotionally close relationship for Kristen's comfort. And then they kissed and it was drama. And so she was kind of the temptress character of, if I remember correctly, Y'all, internet, if I'm wrong on this, and Lo was the bad one, and Elsie is totally innocent of kissing her friend's boyfriend, please don't, don't tweet at me about it, because it happened <laughs> in, like, 2002. Um, uh, but I'm sorry, Lauren Conrad, if I'm besmirching your name. However, Lauren Conrad was the most interesting of the characters on Laguna Beach. So when she graduated from high school and moved to L.A., to have a career in fashion, I think, because she has a fashion line now. Like she sells a fashion line at Kohl's. And I think she probably interned for a fashion you know, designer or something. She interned for Teen Vogue. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So she moved to LA to kind of jumpstart her career. And the spinoff show, The Hills, started following her. And she moved in with, now, hilariously, I think the boy that the, all of the drama was about on Laguna Beach was named Brody, which is very close to Brayden, right? Right. Um, well, and it's, and it's Brody Jenner. Yeah, it is Brody Jenner. That's right. A Jenner of the Jenners. Of the Jenners. Uh, Caitlin's son. 
So yeah, Brody Jenner, famous for being a Jenner. And so there was a lot of drama about him. They moved to the hills and and Elsie moved in with Heidi Montag, who became famous for marrying Spencer and like collecting crystals and being sort of generally orange and douchey, mm-hmm. like as a couple and individually. And they had like a big falling out because Elsie thought that Spencer was a shady jerk, which he was. And she got sort of new friends, some of whom Audrina, for instance, went on to have their own shows. And so, you know, it was sort of spun off this ongoing, never ending enterprise of reality TV and a lot of those people continue to be relatively famous and many of them would have done well anyway because they all came come from very wealthy white influential families with a lot of connections mm-hmm. but it definitely sort of kick-started a lot of careers for people who are basically famous for being famous although in Lauren Conrad's case she does she has written several books and I actually literally like her clothes Um, that she puts out through Kohl's. So like she is sort of has a career in something, right? Um, But a lot of those people appear to sort of be famous for fame's sake, which is impressive given that it, I think that Laguna Beach first aired about 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, and and there's also The Hills colon New Beginning. So there's like, they returned to it, although Lauren didn't do that. They all came, many of them, not including Lauren, came back and started refilming as adults many, many years later. So a wild life choice. A source said Conrad declined the offer because she felt she was in a different place in life with raising her son, Liam, and working on our line for Coles. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I would hope that that wasn't a, a laugh at Coles or her son's name. That was more like, yeah, I would hope you'd be in a different place in life all of these years later. Right. Sort of chuckle. (laughs) She's not rehashing the very small sort of minutia dramas of her, you know, young adulthood. Although she is doing that in this novel. That's extremely, yes. Yeah. So let's, let's get into it. And so, like I said, I didn't watch the show, but then I did take some time to like read through the wiki. Cause I was like, similar to like, um, Jay Manuel's book it felt like this is very pointed but I don't understand who toured and so I wanted to go through and kind of like unpack who is she pointing at and I I believe it to be Heidi yeah uh it's it's definitely well we'll we'll get into we'll get into like the most unbelievable thing that I feel about this book but it does, it does open with Jane Roberts and her BFF, Scarlett, whose last name I never caught. It's Harp. Harp? With a P? Yeah, like the instrument. The okay. beautiful angels play, because Scarlett <laughs> is so beautiful. Uh, yes, and those are their initial uh, descriptors, is that Jane is naturally blonde. That's important. Her blonde hair is natural, unlike everyone else in L.A., and it's mentioned five times per page that she's a natural blonde. 
And uh, she is a good girl next door type who has moved to L.A. after taking a year off after high school to do a an internship for an interior design firm. A party planning firm. Party planning firm. Yes. And she is with her best friend, Scarlett, whose name we have last name we have learned is Harp, who is. <laughs> incredibly beautiful the hottest girl that ever existed on the planet um who's just so gorgeous she's probably dumb because she's so hot right she's probably not smart she's not she's so smart lauren conrad just turning the tables on us (laughs) george is shook as well and she also, and you're going to like flip your lid because you're going to be like, I bet she works really hard on being beautiful, though. But she doesn't. She doesn't even care. Her beauty is effortless. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mind is blown. So is Dorothy's, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, Dorothy's like, I see how I see how much time it takes you to look beautiful, Renata. I can't believe that someone <laughs> could do it with no time. <laughs> uh, Scarlett is starting at University of Southern California, and even though both her parents are doctors, she is interested in philosophy and English, and you can tell because she has a quote from her favorite philosopher on a mug. <laughs> uh, and they- what's that quote, Kate? What's that really deep cut obscure quote? I don't remember what it was, just that I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) When I was listening to this in the shower, like literally four hours ago, because that's how insane my life has been lately. (laughs) Wasn't it just, I think, therefore I am? Yes, it was, but it was in French. She speaks foreign languages, BT dubs. Yes. And she, like, doesn't care about guys. She sleeps with, like, different guys all the time. And she gives them fake names because she doesn't want them to bother her if after she's used and and abandoned them. Meanwhile, Jane, of course, was with her high school boyfriend uh, up until not long before they moved when he broke up with her because he went to Yale and not Stanford. And Scarlett thinks he was cheating on her. But Jane just thinks that they grew apart as people, even though she still loves him. Uh, and she's not over him yet. And they're very excited about living on their own in L.A. They grew up in Santa Barbara and they're like stoked that now they have like moved into an apartment on their own, except not totally on their own because their semi upper middle class to rich parents are funding this for them because they don't make very much money as a full time student and an intern. Okay, I got a got a fact check on Scarlett's mug. Scarlett poured a cup of coffee black into her favorite mug, which said "Cojito ergo sum," her favorite saying by her favorite philosopher Rene Descartes. It was Latin for "I think, therefore I am," but she liked to tell anyone who bothered to ask that it was Swahili for "I'm shallow, but you're ugly." Although she actually thought of herself as the opposite of shallow, and she considered beauty. Or at least what passed for beauty in Southern California to be highly overrated, and I feel like that's the that's this book in a nutshell. Like it wants to have its sugar free cake and eat it too, and be like, you know, she's not shallow, but also you're shallow, but also like she's so smart, but also this is the dumbest thing in the world. Yes. By the way, I really enjoyed this book. <laughs> 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 
This book went down so smooth for me. This book hit me. This book hit me in my Sweet Valley High place. It hit me in my Gossip Girl place. I was just like, I wanted to read the sequel. I I think I probably am going to read the sequel, and I just didn't have to. (laughs) I wanted to make that clear. Like, yes, was it stupid? Yes. It made my brain feel so smooth. It made my brain feel like a hard candy. No, nights. we're not. <laughs> Rhonda Lawson said a book for every reader. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and he meant, he meant this book. and he meant me. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> I know when, like, when we were emailing about this until I knew you were like, uh, like, reading this book is taking time off my life and I hate it. And I was like, mm, c- couldn't agree less. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that for you. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I was like, I, I, so I, I did, I did imply that I read this whole book in like th- three hours, approximately starting three hours ago. Um, and I did. It's a quick little read. It was, it was a quick little read, especially when you read it on 1.75. Um, but I could have, so my thought, my main thought throughout all of this was that I'm so behind on everything in my life that I finally started the next season of The Adventure Zone yesterday while cooking dinner because I forgot I had to read this book. So that was 90 minutes that I could have spent listening to this book instead of having to do it all at once today. But that's a story for a different Caitlin. feel better. I still have not finished Ether Sea, so... I'm also deeply behind on my life. Yes. And and I do I do empathize with that. I actually I do actually still have one arc left of Ether Sea, but my friends who like to talk to me about Taz Amnesty, uh, I'm afraid that they'll get too far in Taz in Taz Dust and I won't be able to keep up with their conversations about my favorite like dumbass jackass character ever in Taz injured cold so i was like i gotta i gotta start listening to this which is all to say that while i was in the shower listening to this and eating chinese food out of the cart and listening to this and shower in the shower no after the shower i took the shower (laughs) first i was like oh my god we could have like postponed if things were not dire like you do not have to eat chinese food in the shower girl (laughs) please tell me how you're managing to eat chinese food in the shower because i need to know your tricks i know because like i don't even get when people like i do a shower beer i'm like aren't you getting water in your beer like (laughs) like a bath beer or bath wine okay but a shower beer i don't get it no, but as I as I was listening to it, doing those things, I was just in my head a constant refrain of "I could be listening to Taz right now. I could be listening to Taz right now. I could be," and getting angrier and angrier as the book went on, <laughs> and nothing continued to happen. <laughs> so yes, it's 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 all different opinions here today on Norse bestsellers, my friends, which is the best kind of episodes, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, it is for sure. Like, I can't argue that like very little happens in this book. Like, I was making my little chapter summaries, and a lot of these chapters are just like they have a conversation. That's it, and that's all that happens. And I enjoyed it. I the stakes they are so low. 
<laughs> I will say, like, obviously, I watched, like, I did, I do, did read a lot of celebrity gossip at that time in my life because I had just gotten out of college and I had, like, a really boring job as a receptionist. But also, I did watch many episodes of both Laguna Beach and The Hills, and I enjoy watching this happen on screen. Like, I found that deeply enjoyable. So, like, I even though I did not enjoy the experience of reading the book, I do feel like I have that exact same response to this content, just in a different medium. Yeah, I get it. I'm sure I would like the show, too. It's just, this was on when I was, like, finishing college and then when I was in Peace Corps. And when I was in Peace Corps, I was enjoying other media, such as Twilight. But, hey, you guys are trying to trick me into not talking about this book. <laughs> I want to talk about this book. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, Scarlet and uh, Scarlet's the hot, smart one. Jane is the naive girl next door one who's a natural blonde. And they decide that they're going to go out and go shopping at the boutiques in downtown LA. And they go into this one boutique that's very expensive. And the the lady there is very mean to Jane and a guy who is in the shop trying to buy something for his boss in a very uh it's giving devil wears prada and it's giving pretty woman combined yes uh he hears how the shop person is talking to jane and is like uh like we're going we're going to a better boutique because this one's shitty and i'm not getting my boss a dress from this boutique because like they're shitty here so we're gonna go across the street and you can buy whatever you want and it's better there anyway and they do and then like he does that and then like swoops out of their life again (laughs) yeah yeah they only get his first name which is diego but everybody calls him d Yes. And and he is gone from the narrative for now. Jane has her first day at work and it's uh terrible. Again, it's also giving Devil Wears Prada. Although I, the sign of my age is I was reading this and I was like, this is reasonable. Like Jane is five minutes late to work on her first day and she's like, oh, my boss is mean to me. It's so unreasonable. And I was like, no, girl, you should be early on your first day. Yes. What are you doing? she yeah i mean a hundred percent also i think she's just like sitting in her car having an argument with someone or something her mom she's talking to her mom and she's not even arguing she's just like hey mom it's my first day at work da, 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 da. oh i gotta go i'm late it's like girl I'll do that later hello but also she like mistransfers important phone calls and like it, she continuously kind of does things that are going to that like be to the detriment of the business. Yeah, she is bad at this job. I'm sorry, but I'm bad at this. And you're like, girl, this is like, this is a really important internship for you. And you are just think it's real funny that you're quite bad at your job. Here is, I I agree with part and I disagree with part. I agree with the lateness. That was giving me so much anxiety when listening to it. And then, like, she realizes that she's late, and then she, like, sits in her car while she's late to fix her hair. And I was just like, what? This is – I my, – my whole body hurts listening to you be late for your first day of an internship. But then, like, also fucking – 
this like Devil Wears Prada workplace where she's like, here's all the things you have to do. I'm just going to rattle them off and you have to have a pen and write them down and you have to do whatever. And like, she's not, it doesn't seem like she's shadowing anyone. It seems like she's just like, you have to go organize these files. You have to go transfer these phone calls. Like perhaps instead of throwing her in on her first day, she should shadow someone else and learn how to do things. But also I am aware that that is not how these like high profile, very fancy, you want this on your resume type jobs work. No, it's fair. There's no training whatsoever. Yeah. But it's so it's like a terrible day and she really wants to go out afterwards. So they go to a sports bar where they meet a guy who Jane really By the way, the first... sports bar is the sports bar is named Big Wangs. So I just want that on the record. I do want to point out though that like before this happens, we get a chapter from Scarlett's point of view. And Scarlett is incredibly mean right away about other girls, generally. Like, she has big, 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 not like other girls energy. And that's, like, the first thing that we see from her, um, other than the shallowness cup situation. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like the narrative is trying to make her really, like, kind of the Greek chorus of Jane's sort of flighty everything is great i'm so naive but her cynicism comes off so nasty and like unrelatable instead of like she's really difficult to like and not in a normal like female unlikable narrator way she just hates all other women yeah it's it's definitely she just yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Like, it's incredibly strong, not like other girls' vibes. She is just immediately like, this is what I'm like. This is, and this is poor Jane, who, like, I love and is my best friend, but is so pathetic because, like, you know, she still wanted to be with her high school boyfriend. She still, they broke up like months ago and she still has feelings for him. And, like, it's just everything feels she does i will say this she does believably feel like a 19 year old girl who would be like i'm studying philosophy actually (laughs) so that i mean i don't know that lauren conrad did that on purpose but (laughs) (laughs) as as a woman in my 30s looking back at the time when i was a 19 year old girl i'm like yeah i knew girls like that (laughs) fair but yeah so they do go to big wings yes and they They meet a boy there who Scarlett at first is flirting with, but then immediately sees that, like, Jane is kind of into him. And she's like, ah, like, I I gotta, you know, I'll I'll throw a bone to Jane and let, like, her flirt with this guy. And then, like, as they're flirting, this girl comes over and starts making out with the guy, Brayden, who they were talking to. And Scarlett's like... It's not even making out as a cheek kiss, and then which leads to some ambiguity about who this woman is to him. Yes. Well, it's a cheek kiss. And then I think like after he kisses her cheek, she goes back in for a mouth kiss. And Scarlett's like, oh, like we got to get out of here before Jane's little heart breaks. So she like pulls Jane out of the restaurant. It's like, oh, we're about to leave. Bye. And they go. And Jane is still like, oh, but maybe we should go back in and you know get his number to be friends and she's like girl you don't want to be friends with him like everyone can tell that 
and then they go, is it later that night or the next night? The timeline, the pacing of this book is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. It, it is a very, yeah, like. Yeah, it surely is. Yes, like we yeah. lived in LA for one day and then we were cast on a reality show and then the reality show started filming a week later and then the season was done yes. two weeks after that. There are some days that are many, many, many chapters and I'm like, how is this still the same day? Yes. And then it's like, and then the next week, I just don't. But not because they're like time jumping for plot reasons because there's not a plot. So... Because nothing is happening. I don't know. Like those many chapters happening on the same day. It's like any of these things could have happened on separate days and it would have like made no difference. Um, Well, it's like when you're filming a reality television show and maybe you do multiple things in one day and then they get cut up into different episodes. It doesn't matter. Time is a flat circle. I do think Big Wangs was the day before her first internship. And then this other event was the day of it. But it doesn't matter because then they go. What happens is they go to Le Duke which I learned from Wikipedia is a real restaurant that was featured on the Hills, but it sounds fake because everything in this book sounds fake. And they, they meet there Anna Payne, who's a famous actress and they are so starstruck and they are so excited to meet her. And then they try to talk to her and she is, she's not even that rude to them. Honestly, she just like ignores them and they are like, we hate her. She's such a bitch. She's the worst. I'm like, she was just like out trying to get a drink. It's not like she was like trying to leave stage door of a few good men and signing (laughs) autographs for everyone except for you, like literally pointedly except for you, which would be a reasonable reason to hold a grudge against a certain Rob Lowe. But she isn't in the wild. She's in the bar. Leave her alone. But they didn't and they hate her. Yes. Um, and they, while they're waiting online to get into this club, D sees them and is like, oh my God, like, you're too pretty to wait online. Come with me and like shuffles them into the club. And then he has to go and leaves them at the bar. And while they're at the bar, this guy, Trevor Lord, who is a TV producer, is sitting in the bar, like looking at all the different girls in the bar and analyzing them in his head for some mysterious project. And then, of course, you know, some girls are like too slutty and too like too much plastic surgery and too bleach blonde and like too vapid. But then he sees the two of them standing at the bar and is like, what, like a sexy girl with dark hair who doesn't dress really hot and like has like a flawlessly effortless beauty and a little blonde girl next door who has real blonde hair and not fake blonde like so many people these are the stars of my next reality show so he goes up to them at the bar and is like hey i'm doing a reality show about girls who live in la here's my card and they i will say this they do react correctly which is like sure sure bro like yeah yeah. (laughs) seems fake um so I do want to say about this scene. I mean, this was true of Diego the first time that we saw him, but it's even more obvious in this scene. And it and it goes along with something else that happens while they're at the restaurant, which is or the bar, which is one, they like see two girls kissing each other in the bathroom and they're like, Oh my god, these girls. Like it's like they've never seen a homosexual before. But also Diego is coded as so stereotypically flaming. Mm-hmm. Um, which like there is nothing wrong with being a flaming effeminate gay man. Like God bless my Queens. Um, but I feel like for a straight woman, as far as I know, Lauren Conrad is straight to have written that 
character and also not like have him out or in any way like affirming. He just is written as this like straight flat stereotype and the girls kissing each other in the bathroom being super shocking is like, I don't, I mean, I was out in the early 2000s. Like we had Ellen, like it wasn't, it wasn't like the 80s. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I was out by the time the show was on too. And like, you know, it wasn't, it, I will say this though. My thought upon first hearing this while I was in the shower was this is more gay content than so many of the books we read on this <laughs> podcast. Fair. That was also in my notes. So I was just like, like our bar is so low for everything. We're just like, oh, a crumb, delicious. <laughs> num, num, num. Ooh, titillating women are making out with each other in the bathroom. I I guess I... What's, what's the fucking... What's the fucking meme? The like diversity win. The there's uh flashy oh, yeah, titillating like... queer characters in your garbage book that you have to read for your garbage book podcast. Like, yeah, rainbow stamp on this one. It's got gate in it. Yes. Well, what I wanted to say about Trevor Lord, the TV producer, is that well, first of all, the guy who made Laguna Beach in the Hills is Adam Develo who also made uh, Selling Sunset, which gave us Christine Quinn. So thank you, Adam, for that cr- that delicious crumb. And that, Selling Sunset is a delicious, like, brain candy show that I appreciate very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, apparently, I mean, it wasn't in a club, but apparently he pretty much did find Lauren in that kind of way of just, like, seeing her and being like, here's my card, you should be on a show. And she was like... IDK and then she did go on the show and now here we are yes art life art life uh, <laughs> but they're so they're, they're like kind of skeptical like here's this like sleazy older guy giving us his card and telling us he'll make us television stars and they go home and google him and they're like oh I guess actually he was telling the truth uh, so they contact him and they're like yeah I guess maybe we'd like to be on your show Jane is still like one day after another shitty day at work where she still can't work the phones. She's driving home and she's lost, but then she sees Brayden and she's like, Oh, Hey, remember me from that other night when we met and they decide to go get a meal together just as people who have met once before. Just as they do in the teeny tiny town of LA where you might happen to see a person uh, out and about on the street okay like the number, i guess the number <laughs> of times in this book that like fate is left down to like oh hey it's the person who we met once before very briefly three scenes ago who just happens to be at the place that we're at right now also this works out i have to clarify because i googled it and i was wrong that well Brayden may or may not be based on Brady Jenner the internet seems to think no but the boy that everybody had drama over on Laguna Hills was Stephen Coletti who is both less handsome and less famous than Brody Jenner mm-hmm. um although also somewhat less sleazy somehow even though he was like messing around with several girls at the same time and Brody Jenner just has like a sleaze aura sorry to Brody Jenner maybe you're a really cool dude well, because Brody also had his own show called like Sex with Brody, right? Yeah, he has like a he has like a vibe. Anyway, Stephen Coletti is the dude that is I don't know maybe the high school boyfriend is based on, except that like 
Lauren Conrad, as far as I know, was never actually dating that guy. But who knows? There we go. Maybe Brayden is not based on Brody Jenner. But Brayden, like Brody Jenner, has an aura of sleaze about him. He's an actor. He does give Jane a whole thing about how it's complicated with his on and off girlfriend. And it's... I don't know. I mean, are we really together? Who even knows? What is together? So, yes, uh, Jane has like a whole dinner and chat with Brayden and Scarlett starts at USC and like thinks about how she shouldn't have come here because she is like serious a little bit about school. Like not too much because that isn't cool either, but... She is, like, kind of serious, and there's, like, so many, like, slutty blonde bimbos at this school, much like Cammy, who comes up to her and invites her to join a sorority, which only, of course, we know airheaded idiot girls do who aren't smart and aren't cool like Scarlet is. So she, like, immediately is like, ah, I don't think I belong here because there's too many girls who look like Cammy surrounding me. I found this actually super relatable because I went to college in Southern California from like until I graduated like 01 to oh whatever. I graduated in 2001 from high school and then, you know, I went to college in Southern California. And um, I remember being on campus and being like every single one of these girls is indistinguishably like thin, tan, long blonde hair, like exact same cut off denim, mini skirt, exact same Uggs. Um, how will I find my people? Now I was looking for the like bisexual Ani DeFranco guitar playing white girls with dreads who I found, but I do remember having this very real, not like other girls, like you, why don't they put pants on? Which for me, a person who likes naked girls a lot, like (laughs) (laughs) um, to have or as a response to like a sea of very scantily clad skinny blonde girls. Um, Anyway, I, I I don't like it about myself or Scarlett, but I definitely related to it. Yeah. I mean, same. Like, I was really excited to go to a small liberal arts college that didn't even have a Greek system. We didn't have any sororities or fraternities because we were all above that, obviously. Yeah, I went to state art school, and I think I've talked before about how everything was just slightly unhinged. We also didn't have a Greek system. We did have the pirates, which were a bunch of guys who lived in an apartment that they called the pirate ship. And they, some of them just dressed and acted like pirates all the time. It was sure. that kind of school. Yeah. Yeah. We had, a, we had a LARP house. Yeah. Well, the yeah. LARP house was different actually. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a, I had a different college experience. Sim- more similar. I think it sounds to Renata's. Yeah. Look, we weren't like the other girls, but we were like Scarlet because we were so beautiful and smart and anyway they get to go on the show and the show is called la candy which is also the name of the book can you believe and uh they meet with trevor the producer at the ivy which is also a place i've heard of that's real and my favorite thing is that he's like oh you've never been here like people this is a direct quote people won't shut up about the fucking vegetable salad hey trevor are why did you say vegetable (laughs) salad they got a they got a fruit salad? 
Like, is it a white fish salad? Can I get it with a bagel? Like, what kind of salad are we thinking? Maybe a Snickers salad. <laughs> oh, my God. We don't have time to go into salads again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a bonus app about salads. Where my salad head's at. Anyway... Trevor finds a new apartment for them because their apartment is shitty. And so they get to like, they're moving on up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's fibbing about all this, by the way, like the whole time. He's like, oh, yeah, like you're, you know, we have to move you because like your landlord wouldn't let us film there when really he's like, now this is a shitty apartment. I want a better set for my show. Like he he's already going in and manipulating their lives and eventually like they're supposed to go out filming for the first day and they show up and they get all mic'd up for their big debut episode and they get a lot of information about getting mic'd up in this book i know a lot lot now about how you get mic'd up yeah which again i liked i like it i like a little behind the scenes detail i like i don't know i was just like yeah cool Sure, I actually didn't dislike that part. I just, every time it came up again, I was like, oh, okay. So some more info about the mic. Yep. Yeah, it it very clearly is a thing that must have driven her crazy when she was on the actual mm-hmm. show. But so they, they get mic'd up and they're, they're shown to their table at this club and, uh, you know, told to like, just like chat or whatever and hang out. And immediately we see that Jane is comfortable with this and Scarlett is not like almost immediately the producer says to Jane, like, Oh, like you mumbled a response, like just to her that like texts her privately and says, you mumbled that response. Can you say it again? So Jane's like, Oh, okay. Like that makes sense. And just says it out loud again. And Scarlett's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like this is, and Jane just ignores her and like keeps acting like nothing is wrong and the girls at the next table ask them if they can have some of their lime wedges because they're all out. And surprise, it's Madison and Gabby, the other two girls on the show. And their characteristics are Madison is vapid and mean and Gabby is just really stupid. Madison's the Regina George and Gabby's the Karen Smith. Yes. Yeah. Madison is like a hotel heiress. And she's just kind of, you know, of the type that we had a lot of famous girls of at that time period with like Paris Hilton and um, Nicole Richie, who were famous because their parents were famous. She doesn't have a job. She kind of wanders around doing different things. She really wants to be famous. Gabby is, uh, I think, not white. And I also think the only not white person in this book. I, wasn't Scarlet at least like mixed race? Scarlet is just constantly referred to as exotic looking. Exotic with, looking. Yeah, yeah with like dark yeah. eyes, dark hair, and olive colored skin. So maybe, but it I, never. I swear I thought she said something. But I, I thought it was interesting that Gabby is like coded as maybe Latinx and is um, just constantly shat on by the narration and all of the other characters as being dumb yeah. as opposed <clears throat> i'm sure that audrina reading this book was thrilled to see herself thinly veiled as dumb as a rock mm. 
Um, by the way, you might be wondering if Scarlett is so like cool and smart, why would she want to go on a dumb reality show? And she briefly is convinced that it will be fun because she really enjoys giving shocking answers during her interview to be like, Oh yeah, I like having one night stands and I'm sex positive when it suits me to be. And like, she thinks that she can, she basically thinks it will be like a cool platform for her to be like cooler than the other girls. And then she's like, Oh no, I have to like do this all the time though. Yeah. And very quickly becomes like, kind of the opposite where like she gets very judgy about what I mean not that she didn't start out as incredibly judgy about what all the other girls around her are doing but it very quickly turns from her being like ah yeah like I'll shock the public with like what I'm like to her being like oh actually people filming you all the time and having to act like a character for cameras is very invasive Yeah, so we get to start to see a little bit of behind the scenes. Uh, It starts with Scarlett, who goes to school one day and finds out they're going to be filming in one of her classes and notices that, like, you know, the professor is all dressed up and he's giving a much more animated lecture than usual. And a lot of the people in her class are mad at her and, like, ignore her and brush her off because they think that she's just, like, some girl who's on a reality show i'm not entirely i wasn't paying that much attention when we got through this part to be honest (laughs) Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. other girls like cammy who uh scarlet had very clearly blown off at the end of their last interaction are falling all over her trying to become her best friends that they could be on tv too meanwhile on the opposite end of the opposite side of the coin Uh, Jane is promoted at her job like basically immediately and Mm -hmm. is like super nice her like crazy devil wears Prada boss Fiona is super nice to her on camera and on like her very first day in her new promotion she's asked out by like a hot photographer and she's like oh this actually like is kind of cool I'm into it and Madison invites them all for like a girl day at the spa and clubbing and Scarlett is like, I do not want to do this. And Jane is like, no, it'll be fun. We're supposed to be friends with them. Like let's meet them and get to know them. And so they agree to do that. Uh, There's a lot of just sort of like, like truly a lot of nothing happens. And it's a lot of just like a conversation where they're like, Oh, being on a show is hard. Oh, like what's Brayden up to? Oh, my job is hard and I'm bad at it. Da, 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 da. We we meet Diego, aka D, again, and we learn that he is the assistant to Veronica, who's the editor in chief of Gossip Magazine. And we get like a random bit of Veronica point of view, where she's like, "I need some new gossip for Gossip Magazine." (laughs) Veronica (laughs) is a full mustache twirling villain in this book. It's hysterical. There is also some weird head jumping. Uh, like single page chapters where like we're in Trevor Lord's head or we're in Veronica's head all of which are deeply unpleasant places to be but yes Veronica is fully like I'll ruin these girls lives for reads for no obvious reason yes yep yeah um, we Jane goes on a terrible date with the guy who asked her out, who very clearly like just wanted to be on TV and just like talks about Italian food the whole time. And she 
just doesn't want to be around him. She continues to see Brayden like as a friend and invite him places as a friend, even though it's very clear she likes him. There's okay, so there's this thing about Jane's characterization that I can't tell if is intentional on Lauren Conrad's part, where Jane seems to genuinely not know that Brayden is a douchebag and be like, oh, you know, maybe. And also does not ever internalize narratively that like her boss is only nice to her because she's on camera and she only got promoted because she's on camera. She's like, oh, it's cool that I got promoted. And it doesn't come across as naive so much as like disassociated from her body. (laughs) She just has like no curiosity about interrogating the things that are happening in her life to her in a way that is a little unnerving. I, I don't think she clocks that Brayden sucks. I think she genuinely is like, I don't know, maybe it is just like, Willow is just a friend. But she does talk about how like she thinks of, quote, TV Fiona as a different person from Fiona. Like, she does understand that that's because of the show. She seems surprised. Okay. And like, she seems surprised about Paolo, like, until that day that didn't occur to her that anyone might do anything untoward simply to be on television but mm, she okay. she does differentiate between like old fiona and tv fiona and she notices that like fiona does her hair nicer when they're filming and stuff like that but i think that's after they've been filming for a few weeks like the yeah. first day when she like fiona pulls her in to give her a promotion she's like oh, oh yeah that, yeah yeah that first day is yeah yeah, because the timeline, I must reiterate on this book, is completely whack. They do some promo stuff for LA Candy, including a photo shoot, and we get some Madison POV about how like she is like really savvy about Hollywood the way the other girls aren't. So she's going to savvy her way to being the star of this show, except that like Jane has we know because this has already happened jane has already recorded voiceover for the show because they did some test focus groups and everyone loved jane the most so when they do the promo shoots jane is front and center and madison's in the back and she's already mad about it and thinking about how she's going to bring down jane because she's too fat and ugly to be the star of the show Uh uh-huh and and also Scarlett, even though she's like a sex positive feminist and, you know, I guess these don't have to be contradictory, but she's really unhappy to wear a swimsuit in these photos. And she's like, I don't know, man. It Yeah. So for someone who's supposedly a sex positive genius to be like shocked and appalled and pearl clutching that the reality TV promo is going to involve like her in a swimsuit. And it's like a retro one piece also. It's not like, oh no, it was like a thong and you could see my whole butt. It wasn't. It did feel like the characterization was shaky there. Yeah. And I could see in another writer being like, oh no, I have to like confront some conflicting opinions I have or like whatever. But this really just felt like, oh no, Scarlet's just being bitchy. I don't, I don't know. So they have, they film in, again, the most whack timeline in the world. They've been filming for like two weeks and it's already time for the premiere party. And they're all really excited. And Brayden comes because Jane invites him and brings her a gift 
That is so thoughtful and the nicest thing any boy's ever done for her. Which is a stuffed dog because she mentioned that she always wanted a dog, but she couldn't have one because her mom was allergic. So I had a fish. She has a fish still. And so he remembers that she likes dogs. One of the most popular animals and brings her a stuffed dog. (laughs) And the girls are shocked just shocked and appalled to discover that the editing on this show makes it seem like they have done things that they have not done. And they cannot believe it that the editors would make it seem like they, you know, went home and had sex with boys that they didn't go home and have sex with. How dare they? Yeah. So that, that was certainly a moment that happened. Yeah. Which you could maybe buy for Jane because she is so sweet and naive, but it it does really make you question the alleged intelligence level of Scarlet that she didn't think that all the way through. Yeah. And it turns out that the show is like an overnight overnight hit. Okay, well, first of all, we have a quick short chapter from Trevor Lord's POV where he like can't sleep because he's dying to know what the ratings of this show are. And it's like 2009, so he can't check Twitter and he just like <laughs> wait for the ratings to come in. And it's just like, okay. I had Twitter in college, by the way. So he probably did too. But that what's hilarious about this is that I forgot, I don't know, it's been a long time. I forgot that there used to be like network TV and not 800 million brand new shows on streaming that I couldn't like, that there would be like a hundred shows a season I'd never even heard of. And so he's like, it's a runaway hit. It was like the number one with 18 to 35 year olds. And I'm like, I don't even remember. Like, that's just not even how shows work anymore. In 2009, Twitter was around, but it was the good days of Twitter where like, only people who were terminally online had Twitter and yeah. terminally yeah. online back then meant something different than it means now. It was a much happier yeah. place. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he couldn't, he couldn't check social media to find out how many people were, were talking about LA candy in yeah. any kind of useful way. So it, it's great and it's a hit and people are coming up to Jane on the street and asking for her autograph and telling her how much they love the show. And she, of course, naively imagines that this is happening to everyone, but it turns out that it is not happening to everyone. It is only happening to Jane. Everyone loves Jane and no one cares about literally any of the three other girls on the show. They can't even remember their names. And Madison, Scarlett is getting sadder and sadder about their relationship and how much she hates the show and Madison is getting like more and more bitter and evil about how she's not the star. And she already is trying to like plot a way that she can become the star and starts by like pretending to be really nice to Jane and trying to get her off camera to talk more about herself. And Jane mentions Brayden like and admits to her to Madison that she kind of does have a crush on Brayden, but he maybe has a girlfriend, which she hadn't wanted to admit to Scarlett because she knew Scarlett would make fun of her or yell at her for lusting after Brayden, who like very clearly was bad news and involved with someone else. But like Madison is very sympathetic. And when Brayden texts her and invites her to a house party at his house uh, with his roommate, who is his high school best friend, she is like, and tells her to bring everyone like Madison's like, yeah, like, we'll we'll come too. everyone should come. And so uh jane's like cool and they go to the house party and jane is like so excited to see brayden and talk to him 
And he informs her he did not sign a filming release, which everyone they know has to do now whenever they see them, because he wants to be an actor and it's not a good idea to be on a reality show in the background if you're trying to break it as an actor. Which, I mean, that feels like real 2009 wisdom to me, but sure. So, you know, he apologizes to her and is like, yeah, like they can film here, but they can't film me. And someone who did sign a release is Brayden's high school best friend, who we find out is Jesse Edwards, I think was his name. And he, we met actually earlier when he showed up to the premiere party and there was some gossip about how he has like a new girl every week. He's always being written up in Gossip Magazine. Yes. Which feels like such a placeholder. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to call the magazine Gossip for now and I'll go back and fix it later. Okay, but the biggest magazine in the country or whatever is People, which has... If you think about it, <laughs> also same. Yes, that is true. You're you're not wrong. <laughs> so Jane like kind of hits it off with Jesse, who's like she had been wary of getting comfortable around because she knew that he, you know, had a reputation, and also she clearly liked Brayden. But then she looks over and she saw sees that Brayden is making out with his girlfriend Willow, and it's like, okay, like I'll go out to dinner with you. And and if you've seen Breaking Bad, you know things don't work out for Jesse and Jane. Spoilers. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Uh-oh. So they they go on a date and it actually goes really well and they like connect really well. And I want to say they go to the Arclight movie theater and Jesse is like, oh, the Arclight is really cool. And you can like pick your seats in advance. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is 2009. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Scarlett is trying to be a serious USC student, but the show makes her take Madison and Gabby for a filmed tour. And it occurs to Scarlett that she can just be bad at being on the show and then maybe she won't have to be on it anymore. And also she tries to make Madison say bitchy things on camera so that Jane will understand that Madison's a bitch and they shouldn't be friends. But actually, I mean, that's how you create a reality television star, actually. (laughs) She doesn't know that. Yeah. The producer, also Trevor, is like salivating over the fact that Jane is dating Jesse because he was so afraid that she was going to start dating Brayden, who's an actor and won't sign a filming release. And if the star of his show is dating someone who they can't even show on screen, like that's bad news for the show. But like this is drama built right in and he's stoked Scarlett is, on the other hand, very against Jane dating Jesse because of all of his bad reputation. And Scarlett is constantly talking about how Jane is the worst taste in the world in men. Just like that she's just very bad. Like all the boys she dated before, her cheating ex were terrible. Her cheating ex was terrible. Like her crush on Brayden is terrible. Her dating Jesse is terrible, which not to like project a little homosexuality into this situation, but yeah. it sounds like Scarlett knows what she thinks Jane needs. And I'd be here for that. Uh, uh yes. So we see Madison go to see Veronica at Gossip Magazine. And Madison, like, wants to get more magazine attention because she wants to be a star. And it's Veronica's point of view. And she's like, haha, Madison's such a dumb trash girly. But maybe I can use her. Cackle, cackle, cackle. 
And then she's like, Madison, if you get me something good, I'll do a good feature about you. But if you bring me something bad, I'm just going to show you buying zit cream and stars. They're just like us section. <laughs> and Madison's like, no. But so then Madison has her mission and she really wants to get this like gossip on well, this dirt on Jane for Gossip Magazine. Yes. So they, they're they all invited to Jesse's 21st birthday party. And when they show up, Scarlett and Jane, like Jane begs Scarlett to be nice to Jesse. And when they show up, Jesse's already wasted and high. And Jane's really upset because he starts flirting with Scarlett. And then the moment like they get there, he disappears and she sees him with some other women and she's just devastated and you know throws up in the bathroom and leaves in tears and like won't answer her phone because she's so heartbroken and madison has been trying to take photos to like get good gossip for veronica and decides that she needs to do a little bit more behind the scenes string pulling. So she goes to Brayden and tells him, you know, how upset Jane is about Jesse and how like upset she is in general and is like, oh, and she liked you so much. Oh, whoops. I never should have said she liked you. That was a secret. And he's like, oh, she liked me. I liked her too. And so she tells him like, oh, Jane really needs a friend right now. And sends him over there but then also sends some paparazzi over there so when inevitably they start kissing it's caught on video or on photo because it's 2009 and photo is still the main thing we're going for these days yeah because it's for gossip magazine not gossip tv show or gossip.com yeah no yeah yeah perez hilton yeah Nope, it's for gossip. And anyway, so she she succeeds in her mission. She gets the photos, but then she starts to feel bad. And so she tries to appease Veronica with photos that she took on her phone of Jesse flirting with Scarlett at the party the other day, question mark, week, question mark, whenever. And Veronica's like, no, these photos are trash. And like, your phone doesn't have a good camera because it's 2009. And then Madison is like, okay, well, I'll have something good for you later and you won't believe who's going to bring it to you. And we're we're led to believe that she has given the photos to Jesse and that he was so upset that he personally took them to Veronica. And later, okay, this all happened so fast and it's so stupid. Yes, this the- is all what we are describing in these last like starting with Jesse's birthday party is like the last 10% of the book. Yeah, the pacing is whack. Uh, it's fine. So D, remember, our, remember our friend D, the probably gay plot sensitive man. He he calls me. He's like Jane. I'm so sorry about the gossip magazine coverage. I was on vacation. I didn't know she was going to do this. And Jane is like, "What are you talking about?" And it's because it was the sexy photos of her and Brayden. And then uh, Madison comes over and she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I have to tell you that like Jesse sold these photos." And then Scarlett is like, "What? I'll go get revenge on Jesse." And she goes to talk to Jesse. And meanwhile, leaving Madison behind to comfort or Jane in their apartment. And then Jesse's like, what? No, I didn't do that. Madison showed me the photos and she told me Veronica's name. And I think she wanted me to go give them to Veronica. But I didn't want to do that because I think Jane is nice. So it was Madison who did that. And then Scarlett's like, oh, WTF. And then she goes back home and finds 
a note. Actually, let me pull up the exact text of this note because it is so wild. (laughs) And by the way, these girlies have cell phones. They have texting, but it's literally a note. And let me get it. Okay. It says, Scarlet, I'm sorry. I had to get out of here. Madison is sneaking me out and we're going to her parents' condo in Mexico for a few days. I need to get away from everyone and everything. Madison says there's no cell reception at her place, which is probably a good thing. I love you. See you when I get back. XOXO, Jane. And that's the end of the book. The end of the book. Uh, It does end on a cliffhanger for book two. I realized as you were, as I was reading through like what happens in every chapter, which is, I I just, I want to reiterate, truly wild because some chapters it's like they had a conversation with Trevor and some chapters it's like their photos got like manipulated and taken to a gossip magazine. But I, I realized that part of my issue with this book is that I flipped to the end to see, cause I read the end of books all the time. And so I knew that there was like a photo scandal, but then when I went back to read it through, I was like, well, when is the photo scandal going to start? Right. Cause I thought that was going to be like um, the major plot point of the book. Mm. And then it would, did not come until like three chapters from the end. And then it was kind of immediately like resolved slash cliffhangered. And so I think I probably would have enjoyed the experience of reading the book more if I did not keep wondering like when this major plot point was going to happen. <laughs> Which was not at the point when I, as a novelist, would expect it to show up from a beat standpoint no and and we've had other books like this before and it's a it is a complaint of mine when a book confuses a exciting cliffhanger with like an ending point and this there's simply not an end to this book it simply stops like she's just like i'm i'm gonna stop typing and here's my book and you can have both you can have an ending and a cliffhanger and for example, The Hunger Games, uh, Suzanne Collins is doing it all. She is like, okay, I've given you an end to the book. I've resolved the Hunger Games situation. And yet you're still dying to read the next one because you know there's problems aren't over yet. You know there's more to come. But yet it has ended. And he, and that I'm saying it all the time. People, Most people are simply not on her level. And Lauren yeah. Conrad... You know what? Lauren Conrad's probably a better fashion designer than Suzanne Collins, but <laughs> but I don't know. I haven't seen her work, uh, to be sure. I haven't I haven't seen Suzanne's work, but uh, in terms of writing, I gotta get, I gotta say, it's not, I like I enjoyed this book. Yes, was it good? No. Does it have an ending? Also, no. <laughs> not to like sell my own book although that is why i'm currently on this podcast but like season of love ends with the main characters getting together and then in the epilogue there's a cliffhanger for the next book like yes exactly you've done it as well yeah i mean i'm not susan collins this is my debut novel it's the first novel i've ever written much like lauren conrad however i managed to have an ending and also a cliffhanger you did Google like story structure before you started. <laughs> well, no, unfortunately not before I started, but by like the fifth draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do. I do feel like 
Uh, I liked this book. Was it good? No. Did it have an ending? Also, no. <laughs> really does describe many, many, many books covered by worst bestsellers. <laughs> I did not enjoy the the experience of reading this book, but I a hundred percent like understand how one would. And I very much enjoy the experience of reading books that are exactly this quality on a regular basis. It's like, honestly, I've said it before. Like, I do feel like the best episodes of the show are when you get a book like this. It's just slightly enough unhinged to be a delight to talk about that one of us loves and one of us hates. Yeah, I feel like this is my cozy mystery. Yes. Where it's just sort of like the the quality is not great, but there's if you like the kind of thing that it is, you're like, oh yeah, like describe an outfit to me. I love to have that. I like just give me a little reality television behind the scenes. I love that. No one dies in this book. I love that. <laughs> so during quarantine, the only thing I could read was like historical romance mystery series. And I read probably 15 separate series set in different time periods. And the only like criteria that I had was that like people died and there was kissing. Um, And so I read like several very, very bad ones. And I did not care because they met my criteria, which were like people died and there was kissing. And there was a lot of books with one character and it was set in the past. Like, preferably a plucky lady detective, but even on that, like, I can get, you know, can make exceptions. And yes, I love it if they're a little unhinged and you get to the end and you're like, I don't, I don't think this book was good. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you need. I did not find this a quick read. I found it a very slow, trudging read, which is why the library took my copy back before this, because it took me a very long time to trudge through it but uh i also very seriously consider checking out the next book immediately yes i will report back i feel like this is gonna gonna get me gonna get the next one but hey let's uh let's give the listeners just some straight taste of this and move on to dramatic readings all right um so for the first one kate will be jane and i'll be brayden the bad boyfriend one of the bad boyfriends who uh, he is an actor, by the way. A serious actor. So I had to read this scene where my character mind melds with an alien species that's part cyborg, part poodle. I thought I'd play it funny, you know, because really there's something pretty funny about a human mind melding with a poodle from outer space. Definitely. She noticed that Brayden's eyes looked more green than hazel today. Or was it the lighting? After she, had par- <laughs> <laughs> After she had parked her car and given Brayden a super casual hug, she hadn't noticed the other night that he smelled really yummy like the beach. He had taken her across the street to Cabo Cantina, which he said was one of his favorite hangouts in L.A. It was a really loud, colorful place with brightly painted chipped walls. It was basically Fiona Chen's version of hell. It reminded Jane of actual restaurants she'd gone to in Cabo during spring break. It also struck her as the exact opposite of the Hollywood glamour scene. To her surprise, she liked it. Or was it because she was there with Brayden? 
But I guess funny wasn't what they were looking for because the director just stared at me like I was completely out of my mind. I don't think I'll be getting a callback. No, no, you have to think that you will get a callback, Jane told him, suddenly animated. It's called positive visualization. It's like that book, The Secret. Scar and I do it all the time. Actually, I do it and Scar just pretends to do it while silently mocking me. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. and for the next one we're going to switch it up and I'll be Jane and Kate will be Scarlet can you believe Oh, and, and this is at the like premiere party when they're showing the very first episode of LA Candy by the time it got to all four girls together at a club Jane could sort of watch herself without feeling uncomfortable except oh shit Jane knew what night that was. She squeezed Scarlett's arm. Were they going to show her wasted at Madison's with her parents and little sisters not 10 feet away? Eyes glued to the screen. She watched them all going back to Madison's apartment, joined by a group of guys. There were shots of the girls dancing, laughing, drinking champagne. To Jane's surprise, it looked rather harmless. Then it showed two boys announcing that they were going home with Jane and Scarlett. It cut to a close-up shot of them pounding fists and giving each other knowing glances. Ew, thought Jane. Those guys are such tools. Music began to play as Jane, Scarlet, and the two guys made their way toward the door. Then it cut to a bird's-eye view of downtown L.A. all lit up. The words, created and produced by Trevor Lord, appeared across the screen, and then the credits began to roll. With that, the room broke into wild applause. Scarlet moved closer to Jane. What the fuck? I know. They totally made it look like we went home with those guys. Didn't we leave them at the elevator? Yes. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> oh my gosh, Scarlet. I, th- I think you need to keep staying in college. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, speaking of speaking of Scarlet, speaking of Scarlet staying in college, our last dramatic reading will be Scarlet in college, and Helena will be Scarlet, and I'll be Madison. Seeing that cute camera guy and crew had caught up with them and were filming from an angle behind Madison, Scarlet had an idea: time to rein in the bleached blonde bimbo. So, Madison, where did you go to high school? Asking Madison about her childhood seemed to bring out the ultra bitchy, pretentious side of her. Madison didn't disappoint. She tossed her hair over her shoulders. I went to a private boarding school in Switzerland. Really? Which boarding school? I'm sure you've never heard of it. You don't seem like the boarding school type. Oh, yeah. And just what is a boarding school type? Well, not you, sweetie. No offense, but you and Jane have got public school written all over you. Madison stopped abruptly, noticing the cameras with a worried expression. Scarlet gave her an icy smile. Too late, bitch. They've got you on tape. And it was just the kind of catty remark she could see making the cut. She couldn't wait until Jane saw the footage. Jane was in for a big surprise when she witnessed Madison being a royal snob. A royal bitch and a royal snob. Maybe then Jane would stop talking about the girl like she was the second coming. Also, I just I feel like it's kind of too soon after the death of Queen Elizabeth to be talking about. <laughs> oh, <Brandon. laughs> 
<laughs> but what I do have thoughts on are let's move on to Reader's Advisory, where we'll share some things to read instead of or in addition to L.A. Candy. Yeah, I will be reading more of these. <laughs> I think if you like a Gossip Girl or if you like this, you should read a Gossip Girl. You should watch Selling Sunset, but don't read Christine Quinn's book. So after the oh, there's three L.A. Candy books, and then as I was saying earlier, there are three books from Madison's perspective. Hell yeah. So they also have candy covers. Yes, yes, yes. I think instead of reading this book, you should read Helena's book, Season of Love. Mm. Which yeah, is absolutely. very good and is better than this. It has an ending, as we have already established, which already puts it head and shoulders above LA Candy. And there's queer people in it on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> <laughs> And there's, like, Instagram Live, which is sort of like a reality show. I was going to say, much like many of these people, Miriam is an influencer. Like, she's famous on the internet. She's just famous for an actual career. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm going to recommend that you watch old episodes of The Hills or Laguna Beach because they're hilarious. Yeah, I'm looking to see if they're streaming anywhere. Hulu. The Hills yeah. is on Hulu. I will check it out probably. If you're interested in the most Banana Pants Buck Wild historical mystery romance series that I've ever read, it is called Sebastian St. Cyr Mysteries by C.S. Harris. And it is a Regency romance series um, that just gets progressively more Banana Pants. And there's like 15 of them. So... There you go. It is the opposite of this book, but the same in terms of like, oh, I don't know if this book was any good, but my brain feels smoother. (laughs) Yes. Listen, there's so much going on. Our brains are so wrinkly right now. It's too much. Yeah. My brain is so, as I said, my main hobbies right now are just listening to watching The Owl House and crying and watching Criminal Minds and crying. So those are the only things that I can recommend to you is those two media properties because in my brain right now, those are the only two media properties that exist. So. Uh, well, we'll have those and some other ones up on our website, which is worstbestsellers.com. And now, uh, just because of the title of this book, we are bringing back Candy Pairing, and we'll say a candy to go along with this book. And I'm saying, this is an obvious pick, but let me have it. It's cotton candy, because there's no substance to it, but it's delicious, and I do want to eat the whole bag of it. Give it to me. In a similar, but perhaps opposite sort of candy pairing, I am going with one of those, like, very big, elaborate, showy sugar lollipops that don't actually really taste like anything and you don't really enjoy eating, but are just meant to be pretty to look at. Which the girlies literally pose with for their LA candy photo shoots. They do. I was thinking about like sour gummy worms or sour um, patch kids, like something that is sort of addictive but vaguely unpleasant. You can't stop eating it, but then like the inside of your mouth is sort of torn up when you're done. You're like, I don't know if this is a good life choice on my part. Yes. My mouth burns now. Yeah, that's valid. 
All right. Well, now it's time for our favorite game, The Rock, Paper, Snicked, where Kate will say who Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be if he were in this book, and I'll say who Wolverine would be if he were in this book. And Helena has to choose which one um, most improves the book, or she can choose Paper, which is to leave it as is. Uh, So if Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be in this already celebrity uh, Hollywood-filled book, he would be a client of Fiona Chen, uh, who is the party planner that is very famous in LA who Jane is interning for and he would see the way that Fiona prior to the takeoff of uh, LA Candy as a show would see the way that Fiona was treating both Jane and you know apparently everyone else who kind of works at this office and be you know very very unsettled with the fact that this is how these poor young people were being treated by their employer and would either give them a pep talk or would give Fiona a talking down to uh, to try and improve the working environment for these folks. The Rock says unionize. The Rock says two thousand nine jorts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if Wolverine were in this book, I think that Wolverine Logan would accompany Wolverine Laura to visit USC on kind of like a father-daughter college trip. On campus, they would observe Scarlet filming an episode of the show, and they would conclude that this is not a good school for you know someone who is escaped government experiment and sort of needs to lay low like she shouldn't be around all those cameras so they would return to new york as soon as superhumanly possible and the the book would be fairly unaltered by their presence as much as i love the idea of of wolverine logan running into cammy on campus um The idea of Dwayne The Rock Johnson trying to unionize Fiona Chen's office. <laughs> Just that, it, that brings me a lot of joy. So I have to go with Rock on this one. Yeah. It is a joyful occasion. I do have to say, as much as I love The Rock, I don't know if he's pro-union because I do think he's like pro-hustle. <laughs> I think he's pro like working 23 hours a day. That's true, but that's why that's why we have our version of The Rock, who is our worst bestsellers mascot, and is that's not necessarily true. affiliated with the actual Rock as he exists <laughs> yes. out in the world as a human being. That's such a good point. Yes. That's such a good point. All right. Well, you know, we've already heard from Dorite, but it's in his contract. He has to have his corner. <laughs> um, so let's hear again from uh, my cat, Dorite. Duarte, you are right. She should have had a cat because a cat is a better pet than a fish. And that's just true. But, you know, I don't know that these girls were really that responsible. I don't know if you really want a cat around them. You know? Yeah, they don't seem like great pet owners. No, I'm surprised the fish survived. Yeah. Well, in the very beginning, she can't find the, the fish food because she didn't pack it correctly and we all know that when you're traveling with pets you got to pack the food in in your go bag you know that's got to be top of top hand that's not it <laughs> you know you gotta have it <laughs> <laughs> yeah top hand <laughs> top as of we mind. all say you have to have a top hand <laughs> you guys are being royal snobs <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> 
Uh, this is why we're a morning podcast. <laughs> anyway, Duarte, thanks, thanks as ever for your thoughts and feelings. Uh, do any humans have any closing thoughts? I'm sleepy. <laughs> Bye, season of love. Bye, season of love. Yes. My thought is that Duarte is so soft and smooth, and that's how my brain felt when I was reading this. <laughs> Delicious. And I liked it. <laughs> if you want to come and talk to us on the internet and, you know, tell us all about the ratings for reality shows or whatever, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Worst Bestsellers spelled normally. And we're on Twitter at Worst Bestseller with no S because uh, we packed the S along with with Jane's fish food and it's <laughs> lost. And, and that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Stitchel app. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brand new podcast app. Right. <laughs> I'm censoring myself. <laughs> you can you can find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, all of the places where the podcasts live. And if you do find us there, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review. When you rate and review, it moves us up on the charts and makes it easier for new people to find us. Uh, if you don't rate and review, you definitely will get the villain edit in our podcast. Absolutely. Ooh. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash worstbestsellers. Patreon is a service where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to do things like pay for our web hosting and keep our equipment up to date and all other various podcast administrivia. Uh, and in return, we used it. We also use that money is to buy to commission some artists to make some dope ass designs for our new T Public store. Yes. So check that out. I Just was go getting to there. Like, you got excited. <laughs> I know. That's not how it goes, though. It goes in order. <laughs> There's an order. It seems to like it. you. It seemed like you stalled out, Kate. I was literally <laughs> mid word when you started talking. <laughs> Maybe there's a lag. <laughs> Let's not fight. <laughs> yes, on Patreon, you pledge money to us. We do those things. You get perks like a newsletter and postcards and stuff in the mail. You can also go to our website and check out our merch designs in our all-new Tee Public store, uh, as Renata said, by going to the website and clicking merch. And there's all sorts of new things from our podcast to wear on your body. And finally, we do have a Discord server, which is also at worstbestsellers.com, where you can join to talk to us about... Any anything you want, really. There's no no holds barred. Talk to us about uh, Helena's great book, Season of Love, which you can yes. purchase probably right now, and if not right now, tomorrow. Unless the internet is closed. <laughs> Unless the internet is closed. You can also request that your library purchase it, which I would be really grateful for as a librarian. Yes. Put in that purchase request to your library. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, should I tell them where they can find me? On the oh, sorry. I I stalled out myself. <laughs> um, so I'm busy thinking about what I'm doing. <laughs> if you would like to find me personally on the internet, I'm at Renata Snacks. If you'd like to find me personally on the internet, I'm at 14 Across. And Helena, where can people find you and where can they purchase Season of Love, your debut novel that I think they should all read? 
they can find me on Twitter or Instagram at bloom spelled B L U M bloom again, curios B L U M not bloom like the flower. And they can purchase season of love through bookshop or through their local independent bookseller, or I suppose from Barnes and Noble or Amazon, if they prefer to, but I would love it if they supported their local indie. Make sure to search for Season of Love Singular. It's just one. It's not It's not all 525,600 minutes. There are several Seasons of Love or Season for Love books, some of which are also lesbian, and you should probably read those too because we like lesbians. But if you search for Season of Love with my name, you will find me on all of those platforms. Yes, it is the one with the excellent pink cover with a cool fat butch character with her hand on the butt of the lady she is dancing with. It is very and a cat. It's a cover. There's a cat on the cover too. Cat. Cat's not to scale. The cat is much larger in I was going to say real life, but um, <laughs> not real. You can't um, get my hopes up that Kerrigan's is a real place. I'm too emotionally fragile to deal with that letdown. He's a gigantic fictional cat who they made normal cat size on the cover. So it's okay. We love the cover anyway. Yes. Wow. The media is just giving body dysmorphia to cats too. God. They sized him down. It's terrible. <sighs> But I'll imagine him bigger in my heart. Yeah. And my brain. (laughs) (laughs) We need to end this podcast. (laughs) Maybe I'll need to go to bed. (laughs) I smoothed my brain too much. I need I need some sandpaper. (laughs) Um, I have to go watch Great British Bake Off and go to sleep. Um but I really appreciate y'all we'll be back in two weeks as a podcast with straight by chuck tingle Ooh, spooky yay chuck tingle thanks for listening prove love bye 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 season of love bye How do I, how does Kindle work? Uh, No one knows, but we use it.